Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And welcome back to Once Upon a Timing, your podcast all about double-sided candles, two-faced fairies, and a surprise Star Trek crossover. Who knew we were going to get that? I don't even think the show knew it at the time, because this was in the past. I am Beth Aldrich, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Abby. Abby, how are you doing? Um, an unintentional, like, past Star Trek reference um, is the most on-brand thing a Star Trek reference could be. Doesn't even Mm -hmm. know what's happening. It's happening in the past, and uh, we figure it all out later. I like it. Exactly. Uh, So we are here to talk about Season 2, Episode 16, The Queen is Dead, a follow-up to the dynamic Manhattan episode, and we do get a little bit of time in said Manhattan, although I did get confirmation it was filmed in Vancouver, Canada, and in fact, they did CGI the Empire State Building in the background. Fantastic. <laughs> um, um, did we want to do the- Corrections Corner up top, or... Oh, yeah, we had some fun last week. We can't, we? We, you know- we can't ignore it this week. In my defense, <laughs> I had just been gone for over two months. I didn't It was my first you. episode back. I didn't. I was just like, "Yeah, what the hell is up with the storyline?" Oh, yeah, guys. What's, up? what's what's up with Rumble's dad? Just like, what is? I guess maybe we'll find out later or not. I guess we'll never find out about Rumble's dad. We've never learned about his past at all. The end. Season three never happened. Apparently, <laughs> guys. So yeah. So last week when we were talking about the the fact that they had a they'd had planned a scene where Rumble's dad went out for cigarettes and never came back, but they never filmed it. Um, that's like, <laughs> Abby and I were hypothesizing about what that could mean. Like maybe they were planning to save Rumple's dad's reveal for later. And then we forgot that it, what it was and when it happened. And people thought, people were anticipating that we were doing a long con joke. We were not. no. I genuinely forgot because I've only watched season three once when it was happening. And yeah, the, the guys, I cannot explain to you. I have been laughing about it since the all text or all capitals text message came through for Beth. She's like, so I'm editing the podcast and just long enough between that uh, text and her next one, I was going, no, no. I had problems with my audio before. Something's going to be wrong. Like we're going to be missing the entire middle part. And she's like, um, yeah, all of season three, Rumpel's dad and I just stood in my kitchen laughing. And then we just messaged each other in all caps for a while. I still can't believe that we did it. Um, 10 out of 10, my favorite gaffe we've ever done. Uh, that, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not even mad. Like, I'm not mad at ourselves. No. I'm, I'm actually kind of proud because, you know, that means that the show can continue to surprise us. You know who that wouldn't have surprised, Beth? The ladies who tavern. 
They've been all right. But they, 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 it took them a little bit, like, you know, with us both back, it's, it's, you know, got to get it back into the thing, you know, oh, it's a whole thing. So yeah, that, that, and I think we made a labyrinth. There was something wrong with labyrinth. I don't remember. doesn't matter. Either way. Oh, it was Pan's labyrinth. Yeah, we were, we also made a goof gaff about the timeline when that came up. But you know what? That one, I'm just not even going to bother like caring (laughs) about because that's just life and life is fun. Uh, but yes, so get ready for a whole lot of surprise when season three comes around because I remember none of it I, so to the point where I forgot what existed. I don't remember so, the reveals. I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. I do like that they're breadcrumbing it a little bit, obviously, with, with this week's episode. Um, but yeah, uh, just so everyone knows, we did not do that on purpose and we have been laughing nope. about it since we've realized it. So Corrections Corner is amazing this week. all right and on that note we're going to go ahead and dive into this episode um which is the queen is dead and this is where i'm gonna take the opportunity to start a brand new segment which is called uh um international uh titles that's not the title it's title pending so this this episode was called the queen is dead okay however internationally it it goes by it can go by other names when 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 episodes air in other countries movies tv shows you name it they they sometimes change the title so that it doesn't match something in the in, in the country or just for language reasons and i'm going to start a recurring segment where when there are ones that i find incredible i'm going to share them because they're they're they make me very happy oh i'm so pumped i'm so excited please tell me tell me <laughs> Uh, and, and you also get to hear me, uh, m- you know, butcher some some uh, some other languages when I try to speak them. Uh, so there are two that I want to highlight uh, this week because most of them were relatively similar to "The Queen Is Dead." Uh, so in French, the episode is named "Un Poison Nommé Cora," which means a poison named Cora, which I thought was Ooh. very good. Ooh. Uh, but the real good one is German, which is "Vom Ver." Vom Verschlochen. I can I can say this. I can speak a little German. Vom Verschlochen des Guten, which translates to "from the extinction of good." Damn, dude. Damn, like with that the candle a, and everything. That is like a that that yeah. That that has like a like a pop punk vibe, like early two thousands mm-hmm. vibe. Like this is like a a warp tour song. Uh, that's. I also like a poison named Cora because it sounds like something like an angsty Regina would write in her journal. Just like mm-hmm. today again, the poison named Cora entered. Da, 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 da. Oh yes. Oh that. You know what? Ten out of ten. I love the segment. <laughs> I love listening to you pr- pronounce other languages. Uh, this segment rules. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> well, French and German are the closest ones that I can roughly speak. The other ones are going to be a whole lot worse. And the German was also pretty bad. So I get to have fun with that at my expense. So anyway, so we're going to dive into this episode. Uh, we are going to, of course, start in, quote unquote, New York City, which, as previously mentioned, is not New York. But I do want to give them props uh, for their literal props. For example, they had uh, banners up on the street that said Soho. Uh, there are other cities that do Soho's, but I like to think they did it like to dress up the uh, the area to try and make it look like New York because Once Upon a Time is pretty good at 
trying to uh, use set dressing to set a mood uh, with pictures and everything that they do. So also props to them. Also, obviously, Neil lives in Soho. Like, I mean, if it were I don't know now, how anyone could. It's so expensive. Well, that but remember, that's before. That's before. This is in the before four times. Uh, like now, he would definitely be either, either living in Queens or Brooklyn, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Neil and Henry are, are having a little bit of bonding time. Uh, they go to have some pizza. They uh, Henry wants to go to a museum. He really likes the pizza because it doesn't lie, which is oh. the... The weirdest line of the episode, it's like, poor Henry, he tried to deliver it, but it's just so clumsy. Like, no one can make that line work, not even an adorable child. It's it's one of my favorite lines from the movie Tropic Thunder. Like, the, he, it's, uh, who is it? It's uh, Curly Hair. I don't, Danny McBride. And he delivers a line towards the end of the movie. He's like, yeah, I really love it. I love the way it smells when it lies. Like, or like how it sounds when it <laughs> lies. Because he's mad at the other character for lying. And that's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of like 10-year-old trying to deliver a Danny McBride line. Uh, because he's a mad, angsty child. And first of all, the angsty children in this episode, 10 out of 10. Um, uh, the The other child we will get to. But I did like Henry trying to harness being mad at Emma. He was not prepared. He was not prepared at all for it. No. Uh, and, and Mr. Gold and Emma share a, a bit of a moment together where Emma kind of points out that she was trying to protect Henry, which is, I know, something that you've talked about, Abby. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gold kind of points out my point of view where it's, you no, know, she's trying to protect herself. Right. She, um, and so, like, I think, I think both points are valid. I think what? Emma, in her mind, she's valid. In Mr. Gold, in his mind, he's valid. So both of them are doing what they think is best. And, you know, the one ball I will give into Emma's court is that Mr. Gold is not one to judge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. My canned rosé is going down the wrong pipe. Um, oh, no. No. It's not good, guys. I don't know if you've ever looked at a can of rosé and thought, excellent. But um, no. Um no, I was going to say, and this, I don't know if I pointed this out when we had our conversation about, you know, like which side you fall on. Uh, this is something that, and I only have like a four, almost five-year-old. Uh, so I don't know for sure, for sure. Like I haven't gone through the teen years and all of the therapy he'll need from whatever I do to him then. Uh, but you can think you're doing the right thing and you're just wrong. Like it seems like it's fine. And sometimes it's wrong for your specific kid. And sometimes it's wrong because it just doesn't work. Uh, mm-hmm. and there, no one can tell you, no one can tell you like there's parenting forums and it's always 15 different kinds of advice. This worked, this worked, this worked. And I mean, like I said, like, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> like, I don't know if I did the same thing to Mike, my, my kid. He's nothing like Henry, uh, in mm-hmm. the show. So I don't know how he'd react. I, I don't know, but <laughs> it's, it's weird. And just because I'm going to get into this a little later, I'm going to be very emotional about the March of time, uh, <laughs> My son did kindergarten screening yesterday, and I am <gasps> oh. not okay. Uh, oh my goodness! Uh, so. On on a similar note, but also not at all. Um, we also passed a milestone. Henry has officially outgrown his newborn clothes hey! and newborn diapers. He is chunky now babies. in size one diapers. He's a chunky. He is becoming a little chunkster, and he looks adorable. He's got the little puffy little cheeks, but. 
it was one thing because he was a preemie. Uh, it was one thing when he outgrew the preemie into newborn clothes because it was like, oh, good, you're you're growing, you're doing great. This is you know you're you're where on your way where you should be. Graduating from newborn to zero to three months is different because <laughs> because he's not a newborn anymore, and I'm just like, no, my yeah, baby, it's it's a hard. He's one, already but- going to college. No, I. And here's here's my Pete. Yeah, right. <laughs> Next stop, Yale. Uh, <laughs> no, um, I was gonna say just just random point of advice for any of our my our listeners here that may not know. When you go to like a baby shower or something, like when your parent, your kids start having or your kids, geez, your friends start having kids and stuff like that. Uh, multiple sizes. Don't always get them newborns because mm-hmm. sometimes newborns come out that don't fit newborn clothes. Mind blowing. Yep. Um, and thus concludes Abby and Beth flexing about their children. Uh, my <laughs> a second favorite, my second favorite uh, segment. Anyway, pizza anyway, doesn't lie. So, ten out of ten. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, pizza does not lie, and uh, but Emma, Emma does, and in some cases, she's even lying to herself. As Mister Gold points out, she still got the hots for Neil. She's like, and Emma refuses to acknowledge it, but it's there. Proof is in the pudding. She definitely. Like, the moment – he left a hole in her heart that has not been filled. And if they could make it work again, you can damn well bet she would make it work again. She's hard in her heart, but there's still a softness in there oh. that could be breached. Oh, there's there's two things. There's just two pillars that get 100% knocked down for Emma. First of all, um, it's the I don't have feelings for him and Mr. Gold holds the mirror up to her because her first line, I wasn't looking at the camera when – or I wasn't looking at the phone – when I was watching it, when she said mm-hmm. it, I would looked away, but I could hear it. It was a, you still have feelings for Neil. What? No. Gross. Ew. No. <laughs> like, oh, I can't believe you think that. She course corrects very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But the second one is when a person leaves a hole in your heart that hard, you have the secret fantasy that they will just die alone just pining for your ever existence, stalking you on Facebook, seeing how great the life you're living is. And they will just be unhappy forever for letting you go. And unfortunately, Emma has to also face that reality that Neil is continuing to live his life. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're about to have a little awkward later on. Uh, speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of awkward, <laughs> we have a party crasher. Uh, so they head to Neil's place. They're gonna get some uh, get some stuff to go to the museum because kids like culture. Would you know Henry? Yes, he's a cultured ba- he's a cultured kid. Anyway, There's no museums in Storybrooke. He's never been to one. Like he's just like I want to look at old stuff that wasn't brought here because yeah, of a curse. Let's go. He's gonna love it. Neil, Neil, he's he's doing he's getting the dad thing out the gate. Doing not doing a good job. Good job, Neil. <laughs> what do you go uh, do when you visit your dad, who you haven't had a lot of contact in with? Well, you go stop by his kind of sad apartment, and then you go visit New York landmarks because he's not else sure what else to do with you, and he buys you a dollar pizza from a cart. It's just what you do. You know what he's doing? He's doing. He's trying his best. Who uh, <laughs> guy who isn't trying his best is Mr. Gold Rumpelstiltskin. Because uh, he has kind of bombed it, and Neil ha- is not really interested in, in having anything to do with him until he's about to die. <laughs> because in pops Hook, and we we talked last week about how Hook wanted to just go attack uh, Rumpelstiltskin. He's he's out for revenge. He doesn't care whether he lives or dies. He's gonna go. Uh, Cora and Regina make no effort to help him. Uh, just being like, we've got our own plan. You can be on board or not, whatever. Screw you. 
and yet, um, Hook found them anyway. <laughs> he, he managed to sail a ship, a cloaked ship, uh, from Maine to New York Harbor. And then he found the one apartment complex <laughs> that they were at at the right time to to hook him right in the square in the chest after he had taken the hook from the sheriff station and knocked David out. Everything about this scene makes me just kind of default to the like New York stereo New Yorker stereotype of being like of course no one stopped him because they're New Yorkers. They're not going to act like something strange happened. They're just going to be like, I've seen everything. And a man will yep. appear off a dock from nowhere looking like he was just from a, like at a goth club. And they'll be like, I've seen weirder. 3 a.m. <laughs> and then um, I just short of Hook showing up, stabbing Rumpel, delivering some very weird um, lines. Like his, like he's been thinking about this death line years decades centuries that's what he came up with not so sure just short of i wanted like a like a person with a really thick new york accent to like kind of skirt by like don't mean to get in the way i just gotta get inside you can keep stabbing him i don't even care like whatever i just gotta go uh that's all i wanted i just wanted some guy to be like i'm not in the i'm not part of this just you whatever like i think if there's a lesson that we are learning from once upon a time it's the longer you you the longer you work on your plan, the worse it's going to be. The longer you, and, and mostly when it comes to one-liners. Like, Rumple spent so much time coming up with his speech for Balefire and bombed it. And Hook has been working on his attack line to Rumple for a long time, and he bombed it too. <laughs> just, so, just, just imagining him sailing his ship alone, being like, yeah, then you know what I'm going to say? Yeah, this is why you need mirrors in your bathroom. You try it out in the mirror mm-hmm. in the bathroom. You can't do it by yourself. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, just tips for one-liners. I don't deliver exactly. any of them. But if I had to, I'd be prepared. <laughs> uh, well, Emma immediately uh, knocks him unconscious. Um, and, you know, you'd think, like, Rumpel would be fine because he is the dark one. You know, nothing can touch him. But this happens to be poison. Hook had a rumble is able to immediately figure out the hook has a unique poison on his hook that's going to kill him unless he can get back to Storybrooke where there is magic and it, it I will say it wasn't sweet to like see Neil kind of like oh papa oh shit like you know he he needed to to be there for his father in that time of need um and also the nuggets that you mentioned where Neil goes like oh yeah that's hook and then Emma's like huh hold up what you know this guy and then neil says oh yeah i I, you know like duh i had a life i would be a couple hundred years old if i hadn't done other stuff so they're laying those breadcrumbs and then they lay the other one about the pirate ship he's like i can sail a pirate ship and emma again is like what what i (laughs) i do like that they just like i think that they were very excited to write this scene But then they had absolutely no idea what to do with Hook because they obviously weren't going to drag him down the street. So they're like, we're going to get Hook there and we're going to poison Rumple. Okay, well, how do we get Hook back to Storybrooke? I know what we do. We're going to lock him in a closet. We're going to do a throwaway line of if he can get himself out of there, he can find his way back to Storybrooke. He'll figure it out. He sailed a ship with a map. Um, 
I don't know if he's going to be able to break out of a closet and then walk his happy ass <laughs> all the way to Storybrooke. He has no idea where he's at. Uh, but yeah. He has I, no money. I love it so much. Like, it's just like, oh, he sailed his ship here. And then he walked the rest of the way. And now he's in a closet. I like that Emma's interactions with Hook are always just like very chaotic and then just over. And they even reference that. He's like, are you okay just leaving him there? And she's like, believe it or not, I've done this before. <laughs> I have a habit of doing it to that specific person. And also considering what happens with Emma and Hook later on, this is a little bit of an awkward, like, so Emma has an awkward moment with Neil later because it turns out Neil is engaged uh, to uh, Cap- <laughs> to Michael Burnham from uh, Star Trek, uh, Senequa Martin-Green, who was uh, I didn't actually like. I remember her in the show, but I didn't remember her. Wait, what's her rank? She, she, I don't know what she. Is. I don't think I don't know if she is ranked. Oh, okay. I didn't know if she had like. I almost I, said captain, and then I took it. Okay, back that's why. I, I, that's why I, went I know back. she I'm like, was okay, like. What's her rank? Okay. Okay. No, I. I don't. Well, I haven't really been watching. To be, I, I watched first season and then I stopped. I've heard it's gotten very good. I haven't watched it. Senequa Martin Green is fantastic. I I love her. Um, but it was I was watching the show. I was like, oh, I know her. And I was like, damn, her hair looks so much better now because she... they did not were not doing her any favors. Oh, listen, if we want to start dissecting whether or not early two thousands set like set like hair people knew how to do women of colored hair, like that's a whole different yeah. segment. Um, oh, but yeah. I know her from something else, and I couldn't pinpoint it, and I haven't googled it. Next episode, I'll figure it out. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so not only do we have the awkwardness of Neil revealing he has a fiancé in front of Emma who who gives the very um, uh, polite, angry face, uh, completely understandable. Like, she's trying to be like, oh, I'm totally fine with this. It's fine. It's fine. I'm not breaking down at all on the inside. I'm not destroyed. But we also have Neil and Hook and Emma in the same room at the same time. And if you really think about what happens later on, it's a double awkwardness in my headcanon. Like, obviously, they didn't have this plan for Emma and Hook at the time. So, okay. So, and I know I've talked about this before, that I never really shipped Neil and Emma. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Shit. I never, yeah, I, re- I never really uh, jolly rogered them, um, but I will say rewatching it now that I'm far enough away from ever watching True Blood and associating that actor with being an awful vampire killer, um, I will say they do have really great chemistry. I see mm-hmm. it, so I'm not going to mm-hmm. deny you that it, that would be. But I mean, it's it's like I've started listening to the podcast Gilmore Guys, <laughs> so the conversation of Team Jess Dean Logan has been back in my brain there's never a right answer so same with i think with neil and neil and hook like i don't know if either one are the perfect answer um we'll get there later but i do see the chemistry on this one uh so i get it but i mean i think they both can be the right choice i mean you know why 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 settle for one she's she's she has a long life what long healthy love life and she's what? Why no. settle for one? Date a month. No, I'm not. I'm not. not I'm not going polyamorous. Although, if that's what they want to do, they are consenting. I adults. support. I support it. I remember we were talking about ships, and we we talked about the tri ships. I yep. don't know if Neil Hook and Emma was. I don't know if they have a ship name. 
not they should. They yeah, they should. They definitely that. should. This is if we have to talk about this in correction corners next week, I won't be mad about it. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, so that is what is happening. Emma is. They are heading back to Storybrooke. Uh, Neil is agreeing to to come because he has this fiance. And she seems super chill and not at all uh, harboring some some weird secret about working for some shady corporation or something. I don't remember what it is, but it's a thing and it involves Ethan Embry and we're going to find out and that's going to be fun. I feel like the farther we get into this season, the less – like I conflated the – this storyline of them with their like trying to discover what's going on. I conflated that to all of season two. We are well half past halfway through the season and we haven't even touched it. So like, I don't know why I conflated it so much in my brain at all. Um, yeah, but I, I will say that the one thing that I really liked, so I don't know if you get the recaps. Like I, I watched it on Disney plus this week and they gave me like, this is what you missed multiple at a time. And one was just like, the boy, he will be your end. And then just like a really hard, bad edit to, oh, that'll just kill him. And the way that that pays off in the show, like the episode, like they do the before just so they can make sure you understand why he reacts this way. Like he's laying there dying and he's like, the only poison is at Storybrooke. I'm possibly dying. And Henry goes, oh no, Grandpa, what's going on? <laughs> and he's just like, get away from me. This is all your fault. We had to come back oh, here because you God, needed a camera. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that happened. It's just so intense. Like, like, that's the kind of thing that a kid, first of all, by the way, everyone in this episode needs so much therapy. Snow at the very top of the list. <laughs> oh um, my God. But this is the kind of thing that a kid talks about in therapy later being like, Oh, my grandpa died from poisoning and I don't know why, but he grabbed my shirt, shook me and said, it's all my fault. Cause I needed to come back here for batteries. So I hold his death in my heart because he told me that it was my fault and someone will need to leave him of that prom, like of that guilt, because that's an insane thing to scream at a 10 year old. <laughs> and again, he's dying of poison. So whatever, mm-hmm. but still, it just made me laugh. We're still doing this to me. Oh, no. Ah. All right. Well, we are going to go ahead and we are going to go back to Storybrooke. But before we do that, we've got to have an understanding of why Mary Margaret is having a bad day. Because oh. it's her birthday. She hates her birthday. Uh, and there is a very good reason why. But also, did you know that she had a favorite servant named Joanna who was just in their lives all the time? Listen, total confidant, very important figure in her life for always and forever. Yeah, because she's been mentioned so many times. I mean, speaking of Star Trek, I mean, just short of putting this woman in a red shirt and just just absolutely telegraphing her her ultimate doom. But so we flash back and it is Mm -hmm. I got excited for some reason because I I don't remember this episode, but I was like, oh, are we going to see young Cora? Because I remember Rose McGowan makes a makes an appearance. And it turns around, it is it is Snow's mother. So the storyline is Snow's mother and Snow. And she turns around, she's like, oh, I'm so excited it's your birthday. We're going to, like, we're going to honor you. It's going to be this big day. So, like, basically, as far as I could tell, this was going to be her, like, coming out party. I'll just be like, by the way, if I die, Cinder Queen, yay! <laughs> but I won't die for a very, very long time, so don't worry, it's fine. Bad news. So she's like, oh, I I have something that I wanted to show you. I'm so excited. Let's go see it. Hard cut to, it's a tiara. And Joanna, is that Joanna? 
What was it? What was it? Honestly, Joe. It, well, it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we call her Joe. George Joe. Joe was just the just the a very like on the nose casting for like a servant woman. I guess I don't know why. Like she just had that very like trusting face and like a nondescript accent. I don't know different European accents, so I can't pinpoint it. But she definitely had. It was all very stereotypical to me. I don't know why. Like no one else has this accent. I don't know why she did whatever. So she's just like, ooh, the tiara. I'm going to put it on like all of us would. Anyone that says (laughs) that they want is a damn liar. And I don't believe them because I would also have put that on there and accepted an Oscar. Just like, oh, my God, you like me. Oh, by the way, she uh, the actress uh, Leslie Nickel uh, was in Downton Abbey as Mrs. Patmore. One hundred percent believe that. Wow, that Downton Abbey vibes. Yes, I've never watched it. Is it worth watching? Um, I didn't watch it, and I'm not going to watch it because they apparently there's a whole storyline involving a pregnant woman with preeclampsia who dies. So I'm not watching that. Oh, hey, (laughs) also don't watch Call the Midwife on Netflix. Oh yeah, no, I uh it was very fun. When I was in the hospital waiting to give birth, uh the one of the nurses was like, You should watch Call of the Midwife and I'm like, No. No. You see where I'm at right now? Do you see I what's going on? on? I binge on that when no. I was pregnant and I had so much anxiety and then I watched the show and was newfound anxiety. Anyway. <laughs> so this I really like this because it helped kind of confirm some of my theories here of like being like, Hey, let's maybe not hold children accountable for their actions once they get like older. It's the kind of thing that you need to kind of do like in your head about people you went to mm-hmm. high school with being like, that's not those people anymore. If they still grew up to be shitheads, that's a whole different situation. But like people become different. Like if people remember mm-hmm. me from in high school the way I was and that's what they think I am like now, I am horrified to my core. Uh, so Snow comes in and sees sees uh, Joe putting on the She's like, how dare you? That's mine. You a peasant? That is my crown. <laughs> it is my legacy. You can't do this. I'm I actually, so- I really, I, I liked this moment. I liked seeing Snow being a snotty too. little brat. I did too. Like, I like that she learned it and it's not like, the path that she's on is not in her bones. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not, yeah. it was not part of her. She learned it and it also makes a lot of sense based on how this episode plays out. That it's mostly just her forcing herself to do things this way, as opposed to as opposed to it being a natural instinct. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like no, I absolutely, right yeah. So she she makes this big scene, and her mom is just like whoa, 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 and does the most amazing mom dress down ever to the point where like even the servant lady was just like no, 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 damn, this is getting a little heavy. Like you, it's it's no big deal. She's just like no, Snow. She apologized. And we are no better than she is because we, like, I mean, just sort of just be like, we are all made of the same thing. Just because we are royal doesn't mean that we are better. We just get to do different things. And without her, Mm -hmm. we'd be nothing. And that's an amazing, like, that's an amazing thing just to learn, even if you aren't royal. Like, it's just a, hey, you know what? Someone's got to be the trash guy. Someone's got to be the plumber. Someone has to be a broker. Someone has to be, like, all these jobs should not be looked down on is how society runs. And she basically just slaps down snow. Just be like, she apologized. How dare you? Don't continue yelling at her. Uh, just, you know, maybe gently correct. I don't know. And then immediately starts dying. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, oh, right I away. I bequeathed my wisdom. <laughs> so, and here's a – so this whole episode is about Snow and her mother, and I love that it focuses on them, but the absence of King Leopold – I was knew. so weird. I kept thinking, I'm just like, boy, they're, they are knee deep in the West Wing. They cannot get Richard Schiff for this. <laughs> they even have like the little throwaway line of like, she's going fast. You got to tell the king he doesn't matter what he's doing. He needs to get back here. I don't know if we can get him because he's serving the president of the United States, President <laughs> Jen Bartlett. Like, he can't well, go back. As the queen said, they all have their jobs. His job's <laughs> on the West Wing. He's a speechwriter. He doesn't have time to be here to watch me die of a mysterious disease that no one can diagnose. Um, so she's immediately laid up in her bed and she's coughing. I mean, I don't think they could completely go to it, but like she's just like she's coughing and she she's fading away. Mm-hmm. And so the servant lady, she's just like, just love it. She's like, uh, she has a confidant that I'm not supposed to know about, but I definitely know about. Because clearly this servant, I love this servant, and I want more of her. Obviously, I'm not going to get it. Well, I want yeah, more of her Because she is a nosy bitch, and I love it. She's like, <laughs> I'm not even supposed to know about it, but I follow her everywhere, and I've learned all of her secrets. Mostly just as a job, a security situation. Yes, I, I know her secrets. I try on the tiaras. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm living my best life. I have been finding a way to like just like trick everyone into thinking that I'm her. Like, just, I can do it. She's like, no, you go outside and you like wish on a on a blue star and 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 you know like only the truest of hearts. She's like, I have the truest of hearts. It's like ten minutes ago you were screaming at a servant. <laughs> Calm down, like. And so she goes outside, and before she can wish or figure out which star, because as anyone who has ever tried to find like Mars in the sky or Jupiter or when they're like, yeah, you can see Jupiter in the night sky, and you like look and you're like, these are all the same. Look in the West. <laughs> Bitch, I don't know what the West is. What am I, Magellan? I don't know. And so, like, she's out there, like, looking, and she can't find it. But the Blue Fairy just shows up anyway. Oh, and then... Warn- yeah, so that's excited. that's a warning, though. Red flag. I was blue so flag. excited because I was like, oh, this is the shady shit Blue does. I, obviously, this got smacked away by the end of the episode. But it's like, hey, you didn't need to make a wish. I sort of knew what was going on. I can't help your mom. But please... Okay, since you asked really politely, <laughs> if you use this candle and hold it over the heart of your sacrifice, whisper <laughs> their name, they'll die and your mom will be fine. And so, listen, I like the actress that plays Young Snow. I really do. Every once in a while when she got super emotional, I couldn't not see her stage face. Mmm. She had a very, like, trained in theater face. I Yeah. And it was just, like, it was so good. I loved every second of it, but it was obviously, like, it was one of those, she, I don't know what she's gone on to do, but I, may, I imagine she's an amazing actress. But she definitely had a, this is not a face for a close-cut camera. Does that yeah. make sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's not her fault. That's, that's, that's a kid not being able to handle the training like and no kid should that's not her fault anyway i thought it was funny every time i saw it she'd make the statement hmm, i won't i can't do it and it it becomes very apparent when she runs to her mother's side just like i had it i had the way to save you but i couldn't because they said, like, mm. oh, oh god that whole scene just 
broke my heart. Uh, so I'm looking up uh, Bailey Madison. She's uh, she plays Snow. She's, she's got you know she's got a good body, good healthy body of work. Uh, te- mix of television and and smaller films. And uh, I will say she is freaking gorgeous. Oh no doubt about that at all. She's also no, like she's got like casting. these thick eyebrows. She's like yeah, phenomenal. Oh look, they knew what they good were doing. They cast her. She's a perfect young Snow. Yes. But yeah, that whole scene where she was like, I I couldn't do it. I, I'm sorry. I failed you, mother. I, and, and, and then the mom's like, no, you did the right thing. You were brave and you were strong. Uh, I was like, oh, this is so amazing. And then that scene, like the funeral scene where she's like trying to be brave and she like walks up and she's in that gorgeous funeral garb I with the wear ch- that. I would wear that wear everywhere. That. And like, the, more shoulders. Pe- the shoulders. More people were, need to die. <laughs> the shoulders were a little bit too puffy for me, but I think like if mm. you would have just like not had those, but still the sleeves, the big it was a big cupcake dress full of mm-hmm. sparkles. Not a mourning dress, by the way. Like not at all. Like you don't mourn in sparkles. You can try. But I don't think as a dignitary, a, a royal head figure, you should be like, My mom died, I've wearing sparkles. Hell yeah. <laughs> I killed her. But no, but she does this really great job. She mourns and she like bows and what looks like she just holds vigil until every single person leaves. Mm-hmm. And that again, like you said, my heart hurt. Like I had stopped crying at that point just out of de- dehydration. But it was just like my heart, like it's this weird, very like pulling sensation you get when you know you're just going to continue experiencing sadness and you can't continue crying. Mm-hmm. and her her servant lady was just like it's over and you did you did great Ten, yeah hot thumbs up and it's just yeah no kid should have to go through this and i'm so we'll get there but i'm so extra mad at cora <laughs> like as just like an emotional mother um because that just i also as just a person that has to watch this show because like my own mortality is not something I like facing. <laughs> yeah, and oh. I will say, like the I think the moment that broke me was when Snow walked up and she's got she's trying to, she's in the morning garb she's clearly trying to put on her, her her brave strong queenly face and then she gets up to the mom and she's just the tears start coming down and she just says quietly I miss you so much but she doesn't let anybody else behind her see it like that's her private moment of weakness. But she's, like, already in her mode of, like, I need to be this figure because my dad isn't here at my, my mom's funeral. My dad is nowhere <laughs> to be found. <laughs> the only time we see him is in file footage. <laughs> He's in the background. And, bitch, he gets paid when that gets played. Yep. So, good for him, I guess. He's a terrible dad, but he's getting those residuals. So then, yeah, so we find out, uh, do you want to, we can just tell the reveal now. We'll, we'll about, blow out yeah. the rest of it. So basically, yeah. after that happens, the blue fairy, I'm doing big air quotes here, the blue fairy appears, but then when she lands, purple black smoke, and it's Cora. And just in case that wasn't enough to make you go, oh, this was all a con job, Cora's lineup, oh. I hate that dress, which to be fair, we all do, Cora. And she's like, I can't, I can't, I don't know how she wears it. And I'm like, I think it's a uniform. Like, I don't think she's got a choice. 
Uh, <laughs> she just has to pick a color. And so she goes up and then she like evil person monologues to the dead Over body. Over a dead body, yeah. I just... If I ever go evil, that's all I want to do. I just want to monologue over a dead body for no, like just dunking on a person that can't that's, hear you. Like, really? That is so fucking bleak. Yes. Listen, <laughs> just drunk with power monologuing over somebody who can't hit back. Like, that's the evil person goal, right? Like, awesome clothes, big awesome monologues, every theater kid's dream. So, anyway, let's not analyze that too much. <laughs> she also mentions the whole Miller's daughter thing and she indicates and she talks about like wanting to destroy Snow's legacy, but we definitely get an indication that there's more to their story. And I'm pretty sure we yes. get it in next week's episode, uh, yep. which is the Miller's daughter, which I think is the one with Rose McGowan in it. Um, but I did like this nugget being placed there too about, oh, like it kind of makes sense that Cora and, and, uh, and Snow's mother Oh, they have a story. Yeah. And that that informs both Cora and Regina's <laughs> hatred of Snook. Just just this long line of problems. Oh. So the best implication out of this is that like when you see them standing, like they keep doing shots of like to the mom to to court, to the mom to the court. And and it's so bad for the mom because no one wants to be shot from that angle. It's not a good angle for anybody. Your nexus, all situations. It's just like, this is Cora just dunking on a dead woman. But she's just like, oh, my, my daughter will be queen. Like, the implication of this is, oh, no, I poisoned you. I'm going to marry your husband off to my teenage daughter. And he's going to walk into it eyes wide open willingly. Your husband sucks. And it's also still not here. Uh, <laughs> because, again, Regina is not, like, she's an adult. I don't think she was a teenager. Like, she wasn't that gross. But it was still, like, she was, like, half the age of him. Like, yeah. if that. And so it's just, like, again, if they're both adults and contenting, whatever. But it's still just so icky. Like, to me, like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a certain point where age and number just get weird i think later in life it doesn't yeah. matter as much because the i don't know why i'm explaining this but like the your exponential growth of maturity takes such an upswing between the ages of like 20 and 23 and so mm -hmm. like older dudes who are like in their 50s dating a 20 year old are just they're not dating a person that's been through everything that they need to be through and that's that's usually why i have icky things when actors do it <laughs> Because they yeah, like, who does he think he is? Matt Gates? Oh, 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 oh. topical. <laughs> I oh, I love it. Anyway, uh, well, we don't we don't love it. It's bad. No, no, God, no. I love I love the reference. I don't love that, gotcha. that it happened. Anyway, 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 anyway. So, All right, so now we're gonna yeah. go back to Storybrooke. It is Mary Mar. <laughs> now it is Mary Margaret as an adult. Who, by the way, every outfit Mary Margaret wears in this episode. 10 out of 10. Yeah. Fantastic. She oh. looks gorgeous. Her Every time she's out, she's in a coat with a matching scarf and a matching beret. And I'm like, yes, every time. It's so perfect. She looks flawless in this episode. Costumer, thumbs up. Uh, so Mary Margaret is pissed because it's her birthday. And I did like this scene between her and David. There's a, they, they kind, they don't over explain it. They kind of let it kind of come in organically they're trying to to not 
over like exposition, like which is something that we get a lot later on in the series. They were a little bit more careful earlier on where she's just like, what are you doing? They're making pancakes. Why are you making pancakes? You know, I don't, <laughs> and like, there's like, she's, she's indicating that she's like really unhappy about what's going on. And then finally it comes out that it's, oh, it's your birthday. And she's like, I hate my birthday. My birthday I like, sucks. I just like the implication that charming never makes breakfast. Like, <laughs> which is just like, you're cooking. What are you cooking? I'm making us pop tarts. You don't cook. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so she gets a present, a birthday present delivered to her. And this was after we had seen the flashback with snow and the crown. So we already had established what the crown was and, you know, the mom had, you know, gotten sick. So clearly we know something is up with, and Mary Margaret opens the package and it is the crown along with a note from Joanna. And when she opened it, it was like the crown. I fully anticipated snow to treat it like someone had sent her a decapitated head. Like this is the source of her trauma. But apparently, no, Joanna sent it like earnestly. And then once snow figures out it was from Joanna, she's cool with it. And I was like, no, this is bad. No, Joanna, bad. I'm not saying you deserve to die, but this was bad because you didn't deserve to die. You poor woman. I love the because so my favorite line of this is from Charming is because she was like looking at him like she's here. And he, oh, I don't know. You were gone for a while. Like, a lot happened. I wasn't paying attention to who was or wasn't here. I must have missed her. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I love that. Like, just David being like, shit, I don't know. There's just a lot of people here. I don't know. Yeah. Have them tried to leave same. at one point. It was, it yeah. was, it there was, was a, a caravan. I love the idea that Joanna was in that caravan. Like, she was, like, in her little Volvo. She's like, fuck this. <laughs> Leaving. <laughs> oh god i wish she had because then she would still be alive all right okay so anyway so uh snow goes to find uh joanna and they have this wonderful happy reunion but it doesn't last happy for long because mary mark goes she, she got those tracking skills still here's something going on in the woods and <laughs> what she hears is regina and cora being terrible at their plan oh this was so <laughs> bad <laughs> this is such a bad the dagger did you find it? No, what, what mom, we I haven't found the found dagger yet. <laughs> Where, what, what evil plan will we hatch? We should discuss it again. <laughs> Even though we're already well on the same page. Can you speak louder? I'm all the way on the other side of this hole we've dug for some reason. <laughs> I can't believe Hook, who helped us with this, don't worry about it, has led us astray. He is in New York going to kill Hook. Can you ruffle? Don't tell Emma, whoever's listening. <laughs> I've gotta, I got to wonder if, like, Cora's, like, the OG lady who taverns. Like, oh. and then she just set the example for all the other ones. She's just, like, One. the ultimate gossip monger gossiping about herself. Oh, listen, I think we've discussed it before. The, the ladies who tavern kicked Cora out, and Cora's out for revenge against the ladies who tavern. <laughs> yes. That's oh. why she wants the Dark One's dagger. The most of Mondays has to go. No, she just shows up. She's like, I have the dagger now. I serve all the mimosas. And you guys, your money does not work here. Get out. No, we can't. No, our mimosas. <laughs> and that's how she destroyed Mimosa Mondays. 
Terrible. Oh. R.I.P. You know, all right, R.I.P. R.I.P. Joanna and R.I.P. Mimosa Mondays. We're oh my god, so much first, in this episode. So, so first of all, also like talking about jo- uh, talking about like Cora as the Lady Who Taverns. Just as a caveat here, Joanna would have been the perfect Lady Who Taverns. Like, <gasps> just politely showing up. She brought snacks from home that they all have to quietly out of the purse so that the establishment owner doesn't kick them out. But she has the best tea. But she only starts telling anybody after like her third mimosa. Like she's like, no, no, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't possibly three mimosas in. Let me tell you where they keep ground. Let me tell you, <laughs> that king is never here. He keeps talking about some guy <laughs> named Josh Lyman and his hatred of the internet because Aaron Sorgan also hates Star Trek. What a weird tie-in. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's she she's so good at the gossip. She gossips about like other shows within the canon. She and, she starts talking about Lost. Oh, <laughs> listen, and on top of that, you know what? Cora finds out about it, and she's like, she must be stopped. Oh yeah. Oh right. She starts this talking about Manifest because Josh Dallas is on that show, and it's kind of similar to Lost. She's just like talking about shows that don't even exist yet. She's that good. She, Joanna was too was too knowledgeable and too smart. She had to die. She had she knew too much. She had to. She be, knew too she much. Had to, she had to be extinguished. <laughs> oh no! Okay. All right. Well, Mary Margaret is like, oh shit! I've learned every detail about Regina and Cora's plan in the span of like thirty seconds. I gotta go find my husband. Oh no, he's passed out on the ground because Hook knocked him unconscious. That is- that is too long to be unconscious on the ground. He has brain damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he he has some problems. Listen, that's the kind that is the kind of traumatic brain injury that causes you to do wild and erratic things, like grabbing a two by four and getting on the back of a Ford and jousting with them. <laughs> oh, I I saw the uh, the video that you shared the TikTok and just yeah. so good. So yes, good. for for anyone that's not on, I'll, I'll just very quickly. It was a it was a TikTok that was like explain the scene that made you stop watching a show, and it was the scene of charming jousting on the back of a for, of a Ford with um oh no uh with uh, King Arthur driving yeah. for some reason, mm-hmm. and it, I forgot how chaotic of a scene that was. But also, that's the scene. Really, that's the scene that you gave up because honestly, that's the scene that just went. I'm seeing this at the end. I don't know what the hell is happening right now, but everyone on this yeah. writing room is on mushrooms and I'm 100% invested at this point. Yeah, that's the one where you just have to, you just have to like, you know, basically get in the truck and go for the ride. Yep. You steer in. See where it that. takes you. You steer in. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's a lot of time to be passed out. Also, I thought it looked like when Hook came in, first of all, Hook, the diversion, flips a coin, the coin rolls across the floor, charming, ooh, a coin. <laughs> and that's when Hook like just smashes him in the face. It looks like he gashes his face open, didn't he? That doesn't show up again because I thought he slashed him. Yeah, I I mean this whole scene was just a little funky noodles, but they're just not really. It's, it's such an afterthought. They mm-hmm. just need to get Hook his hook back. To be perfectly honest, I don't see why they ever took it away in the show. Like it. If he's just going to get it back so easily, why take also, it away from him in the first place? Also, he clearly showed up early. Why didn't he just take the hook? Why did he have to take out well, David? Did he, did, what, did he need a key to open? I mean, but he's a pirate. He could get into, he could, he could pick a lock. He's he a can pirate. He absolutely pick a lock. And also, he doesn't give a shit about the desk. Smash the desk open! <laughs> okay. Yeah, this, this whole thing is very, very silly. 
and so, but it doesn't really matter. He's awake. <laughs> David has permanent brain damage, and we're just gonna live with it. And they decide <laughs> that they have to go find the dagger before Cora and Regina do. But Snow, is, she's gonna slow him down a little bit by trying to uh, achieve the impossible, which is make Regina doubt Cora, which right now she cannot do because Regina is bringing a freaking moron. I'm sorry, Regina in this episode drove me up the wall i could yes. not stand the decisions that she was making the character choices that they were making for her are so bad in this episode like to the point where at the end when they when joanna is killed the way regina reacts and and like finds out like that every reveal in that clock tower should have made regina Take a pause. She never does. She's nope. so hardened at this point, and it's bad writing. No, bad they try choices. to like back it up towards the end, but it's just like mm. I, I. She should have. She should have had more of a problem, and it's just like I don't know. She just didn't want to like doubt her mother in front of like somebody else. Like it's it's a very toxic family relationship dynamic. Of just like you don't doubt me, and you don't tell me no in front of your friends. Like I don't know. I agree with you. Everything about this was very outside of Regina. Like I and and we've talked about this. I get that Cora is Regina's like soft spot and is her blind spot. Mhm. But this is just outside of logic. Because yeah, it, everything that it, happens here is so much more elevated than something that Regina would do. Mhm. And she wouldn't have stood for that. She would have stopped Joanna from hitting the floor. Like Cora would have thrown her out of the bell tower and Regina would have stopped her. You know what I mean? Like just, yeah. just enough to keep her from dying. I honestly think that that's what Regina would have genuinely done. Yeah. I, I just, I, I don't like Regina is so, is so far gone, but it has never been justified for her to be that far gone. Cora no. has not given her a reason. And I haven't, the pull that Cora has is real. But I don't feel like it's strong enough to cause Regina to make all the choices that she is. Being so subservient to Cora's every whim to the point where, like, Snow invites her to breakfast on the, under the guise of, like, seeing Henry or something. And she's like, I know what's going on. Cora's lying to you. She doesn't give a shit about you. She doesn't give a shit about Henry. She's just doing this for herself. And then Regina's like, what do you know about mothers? Which is, a, like... Was such a it, it was a line on, that whose purpose was only to serve the flashback because otherwise yeah. Regina would have never said this. I just there there should have been just a little bit more to that line, being like your mother yeah. is dead, mine was dead, but she's back now. Burn. Um, <laughs> no, but like, and also the justification that they give is just like her feeling uncomfortable at the victory party that she came to. Like mm -hmm. I get that no one wanted to eat your lasagna rolls. Regina, I, I do think it was a weird choice for a potluck, but it's whatever. That's not enough justification for being as just willfully blind. Because at that point, that's what she's being. She is not, her eyes are not closed right now. She knows what her mother is, wants, and does. Even before her little, like, her two brain cells working together at the end of being like, wait a minute. Her horse, da 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 da, and this, that, the other thing. 
she knows. She knows and she just won't admit it to herself. And that's not what they're expressing. They're expressing that she's just realizing this. And I think that's a disservice to Regina's character. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that, since she's, that's the direction she's gone in, Mary Margaret's like, all right, well, now we're going to get back to the task at hand. We're going to go find the Blue Fairy, Mother Superior, uh, and get her help uh, to find the dagger, which they assume is in Gold's shop. Gold obviously has the shop protected. And so Snow's like, hey, remember that super secret evil magic thing we that we're sore never talk about? Let's 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 talk about it and do dark magic. And the most weird is like, what the fuck? <laughs> I and I love, love I love I loved no. her reaction. <laughs> no, 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 I agree. I love that there's no ex like they never at any point like resolve this with blue. Like, no, <laughs> just like, Mother Superior just is like, what? Because <laughs> Snow is just so earnest. And she's just like, listen, wink, wink. I kept your secret about the super secret dark magic candle. Uh, you can tell me that you use dark magic. It's fine. And Mother Superior is standing there. Her hand hurts from like whatever spell she just tried to crunch. She's like, bitch, what are you on? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Like, she was so confused. And she will continue to be confused confused for the rest of her life because this does never gets resolved like i yeah because then like emma texts david oh the daggers in the clock tower on the yeah. minute hand so they yeah they go up to the clock tower uh save the clock tower uh to get the dagger and they get it pretty easily just in time of course for gina and cora to show because of course that was their plan they they couldn't find it. They're really bad at their jobs. So of course they're just going to start shadowing Mary Margaret and David the moment that the moment Regina talked with Snow and Snow revealed that she knew their plan. Regina of course went to Cora and was like, "They know our plan." So Cora says, "Yeah, we're just going to follow them. They'll lead us right to it. We don't have to work anymore." Yippee! <laughs> they're a bunch of idiots. Break they're going to try to find it first. Let's go. She's not wrong, but still. And this is where. We just everything goes real dumb, real stupid, real fast. Cause they get the thing. Cora and Regina show up. They magically summon Joanna. Everyone's everyone's favorite. I mean, she is everyone's favorite character. She is beloved, and she should have had more than one episode. But <gasps> she like, should have been in the underworld. Oh damn! You're right. That that that's cold. More reasons uh. to be mad about the underworld. <laughs> Reason 157,000. I know. I'm like, uh, we didn't really need more, but sure, let's add to the giant pile. Um, So, yeah, so Regina rips out her heart and starts just crushing it. This woman she does not know. And, of course, Snow does the right thing. She hands, yeah. hands over the dagger, and but not before figuring out that Cora murdered her mother. And she reveals this, and Cora just is like, yeah, I did it. Regina does not pause. How could she, after learning, like, because, you know, there's the whole complicated relationship with Snow, with her and Snow, which comes from her feeling like she could never, you know, she felt inadequate. She felt that she couldn't measure up to the mother, the dead mother. Were you about to say hold a candle to no, but I should have, damn it. That would have been good. But Regina learns in that moment 
that her mother murdered Snow White's mother and does not react. Nope. At all. What the hell? So, and get to it in the scene afterwards, but I do like that Regina is more mad about Cora's orchestral moves as opposed to the actual moves themselves. Like, she's like, oh, I wasn't actually supposed to be the queen. You just made all the chess pieces line up. That's what she's mad about. Like, did she think that becoming Snow White's stepmother was, like, destiny? Or, like, something that was, like, fated to happen? You watch this woman murder. I don't want to stutter here. Murder. The one true person you love, like the one true love you've had in your life. And this shocks you? How? He, she murdered Daniel in cold blood in front of you. And you're shocked that she like made a horse go nuts and murdered the queen so that she could pivot you to being a ruler? How is yeah. that confusing to you? How? Yeah, I'm just... If they're trying to make it that Regina is just clouded over and, and and misguided and directionless and doesn't know what to do and is losing it, I wish that they would express that better because Regina's just been kind of stoic yeah. through all of it. She's she's not like – they they try to show this desperation that she wants Henry and they keep telling us like Cora's like, oh, you'll get Henry back. You're going to get Henry back. It's going to be fine. Even though Regina during that scene in the mayor's office was, was very well staged because Cora took Regina's mayor's seat and I was like, that is not an accident. And you don't stare. That's not your seat. <laughs> I mean, it's Cora's seat now. And – but she's so like I get that – I kind of lost my train of thought – the point is, the point is, like, we're, we're, we're supposed to be, I guess, kind of sympathizing with Regina a bit because she's just, like, she's so desperate to get Henry back that she's she's not paying attention to all the wrongdoings that her mother has done and continues to do. But if that were the case, I wish we could get more of that desperation because I know that Lana could deliver it. She's yes. an amazing actress. She could convey that but they're not letting her no and so i think this was i'm gonna say i'm gonna give them a pass and say that this was a a writing failure on the early 2000s not being i don't want to say it's a woke problem like they weren't woke enough or something like that but i I will say that it seemed like there was a very obvious way to write this and that the way to write this is that cora is regina's like lifetime abuser She's mm-hmm. her abuser constantly, and there is a there is a storyline in which, like, it's very you know, like obviously it's very stereotypical for people to be mad that people return to their abusers, and mm. there's a very heavy conversation in that, and that's not what's happening, because as someone who can see it from the outside and knows how this goes, that's what's happening here, and that's what they I don't know if they were trying to convey, but that's what I'm kind of retconning in my brain mm. that Cora was. Regina's abuser. She is her. She is an entire traumatic experience that continues and perpetuates through Regina's life. But that's not how they write it. They write it like Regina is. They write it like someone who's never been through that. They write it like Regina's not a victim. They write it like Regina's an idiot for doing this. 
Mm -hmm. and that's wrong that's not what's happening regina is a victim being sucked in by her mother and the choices she makes are not like wide open eyes and if i think if it were framed that way and again this is through my 2020 eyeballs i think it would have come off a little bit better because right now obviously you're just looking at it and especially with knowing what we know is how regina moves forward you're just like what what is this doesn't make any sense. You know how strong Regina is before and after this. What the hell is this? That framing would have made a little more sense. Yeah, I, I think that's good. That hits the nail right on the head. Um, but there is also the possibility that they didn't even know at the time who Regina would turn out to be. Like, maybe yeah. they maybe they didn't know. Like, maybe they had an arc for her uh that you know she was gonna get her ultimate comeuppance and then and then fade and fade away and then emma would have henry forever and regina would be evil and go but they realized that she deserved more than that that she had earned more than that but they haven't gotten to that place yet but i think that's actually a really really good point and yeah i mean just like television's come a long way i mean where we can get those kind of nuanced stories instead of just having to you know figure it out in our own minds yeah. and try and and try and justify very bad character choices yeah i think there's also something to put into the ring of you know writers not realizing what they have when they have it mm. like they're like oh no regina's mm-hmm. gonna be the big bad for a couple of seasons we're gonna kill her and then we'll move on but then it was like no lana's amazing regina's a character that needs ex- exploration so let's just kind of whatever through some of the other stuff that we did to her so like it i don't know what's going on in the writer's brains but you're no matter what your scenario is this is this whole thing is a misstep yeah and i'm curious to i'm curious to see how how they get out of it because i honestly don't remember I love how honest and transparent we are. We're hey, like, we don't, fuck, Rumble, I don't know. Rumble's dad, <laughs> Rumble's dad shows up. Well, he probably does. Who's I don't guy? remember. I sure hope Rumble's dad is played by a silver fox. <laughs> I hope it's yeah, Tilly. He... I was going to say, I hope it's Timmy, Timothy Oliphant. He should be in everything. That's with a very cowboy true. Hat. <gasps> yes. Or Rumble's Boba dad Fett. became a cowboy. He kind of did. Or like a cowboy, like space cowboy and becoming Boba Fett. Like, guys, Mandalorian season two, other than one specific casting choice. And I'll say it for the 15th time in this episode. 10 out of 10. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, we close out with uh, Joanna's funeral or rather afterwards. Like, this was an episode where they did not want to hire a bunch of extras for Storybrooke because they spent all of them on the, the funeral scene. Um, so like, they're like, yeah, we totally just had Joanna's funeral. It was beautiful. There were a lot of people here. They're all gone so now. People. It's just us now. Yeah. yeah so many people there. knew it was it's her, left. knew who she was. Yeah. They were definitely there. 100% they were there. Hopper was there doing crisis, uh, therapy for people. Like, big scene. Sorry, we didn't shoot it. Oh, oh, I just dropped something. <gasps> uh, so, so they vow to get the dagger back because Mary Margaret turned the dagger over to Cora in order to save Joanna's life. And then Cora just threw her off the balcony anyway and regina had no reaction did. to it yeah like what well, yeah she's, she's whatever she's a dick uh and and mary margaret's like you know i've tried to be good for so long because that's what my mom told me uh but that's stupid and i hate it and i'm gonna be evil now uh, and i'm gonna kill cora and like i 
I this was a really like cool moment for Mary Margaret, like a cool closer, but I don't feel like it tracks with where she's been before because we heard her say the same thing about Regina back in season one, like in the past. She was like, I'm going to kill Regina. I'm going to stop Regina at all costs. Like she had taken that darker route before. This isn't the first time we've heard this from her, but they're treating it like, oh my God, she's <laughs> talking about and she's talking about that. Oh my God. But I'm like, no seen that before she didn't yeah. do it yeah she talked about it this in the similar re- uh, vein of like regina is that we're not talking about like like good and bad is one thing mental health is a whole different other thing and like they do the the way that this scene is shot was amazing because her uh, jennifer and josh made this scene amazing because mm-hmm. she is losing her mind because there is only so much someone can watch and finding out that your mother died on your birthday because a woman poisoned her and set into motion all of these terrible things that happened to you that has just recently end with, ended with you trying to do the right thing and a woman still ending up dead who didn't need to die. That'll break a person. Good or bad, mm-hmm. it breaks a person. And obviously, Charming was not going through the same journey that she was going through. And I, sorry, I hate the term journey, but that's what's happening She's, he's not going through the same, like, emotions that he's going through because he had a completely different set of traumas that Hopper could unpack for them. And he is the only, like, stable one. He is the rock in this moment, and he is trying desperately to get through her fog of depression. And just be like, no, 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 no. You're, you're looking at this wrong. You're framing it wrong because putting your daughter in a, uh, a tree, a tree dresser alone is what saved us you wouldn't be saved otherwise you missed her first steps but this is what happened you know this happening led to these things like it didn't lead to all bad like you're you're just looking at all of the wrong things and like that's what he was trying to do and obviously he didn't succeed no Uh, he did not but that was a very powerful scene because that's what it is it's like if you get two people in a different state they start talking to each other but they're not talking to each other talking at each other which is exactly mm-hmm. what was happening here and yeah so um even though charming was trying to be her stable boy hey uh, a uh it fell on it, it did not succeed and mary margaret has now vowed to kill cora um she is going i wonder if it's going to have to do with that candle that we got the foreshadowing for because she still has the candle right like she kept yeah i think so like i i know the candle comes back and i'm also looking forward to the the fun awkward conversation of mary margaret's heart being darkened literally getting a a dark spot on her heart which is one of many very silly moments in once upon a time that they tried to portray as deadly serious why did i block that completely out of my brain oh yeah that happened no (laughs) and any so that was season two, episode 16, The Queen is Dead, R.I.P. The Queen, R.I.P. Joanna, R.I.P. a Wait. lot of stuff. Did the Queen have a name? Queen Eva. Okay. Okay. Eva. I was very Eva. Directive. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I mean, I, this episode, it had its moments, had ups and downs. I thought this episode was fine. 
There were some highlights. Uh, the actress played Young Snow. She had some great standout moments. Although, like you, like you said, there was a little bit of acting. The acting, acting. came out. Um, and I'm just really mad at how they portray Regina in this episode because Lana can do better. The writers can do better. Everyone can do better. This was just a, a, a low point for, there was a low point for her as a character at how she was being portrayed and it wasn't her fault. Yes. Yes. This, this episode is one of those C plus episodes where it moves the plot forward. It gives us Mm -hmm. a lot of information. It does do some breadcrumbing. Uh, but there are criticisms and some of those criticisms that you can blame on the time it was shot. Some of them are just a little poor writing. Uh, I am, again, I'm excited. I'm so excited to see Rose, Rose McGowan. Um, Mm -hmm. The charmed once upon a time crossover, which by the way, for the like 2% of you that also listen to us do charming, I still look at the posts in the podcast for charming. And the more that season of of the season three of charmed goes on, the less I understand your posts and the more concerned (laughs) I become. Oh yeah. Um, that, that That show is going in directions. Beth, Beth, brace yourself. I don't know if you've been reading it. I don't know if you know anything about what's going on, but there is currently a theory about Mel and Abby being canon. So, I can only imagine, like, if I had to close my eyes and think about how much Beth hates season three. It's a lot. And every time I see those posts, I just think to myself, it is so much, like, I... I miss, I kind of miss doing it, like, from, like, a perspective of just being able to just endlessly shit on something. <laughs> like, but at the same time, it was the right decision. We made the right choice. I'm so much happier we're reviewing this and not whatever the hell happened last week in Charmed. Me too, because you know what? I, Maggie's outfits might have been terrible, but I would any day rather take Jennifer Goodwin's amazing performances because this episode was very much a standout for her. And I did want to close by acknowledging that she did fantastic. Josh Dallas also did fantastic. Um, We haven't really been spending a lot of time with focusing on them. They've kind of been in the background a little bit. Uh, for the past several episodes, but we finally got them a chance to shine and focus more on Snow's story, and that was all great. Um, so, you know, ups and downs in this one. Yes. So kind of ends up in between. But I do have a lot of excitement for next week. Miller's Daughter. Very, very fascinating episode that I'm very excited to break down. Yes, agreed. Uh, and, of course, if you want to subscribe to us for... Miller's Daughter and even more episodes in the future. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can join our Facebook group. That is facebook.com slash group slash OUA timing. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash OUA timing, where you can get early access to episodes. Um, You can get... Uh, we didn't do shoutouts last week, and I do apologize for that. Special thank you to our Snow Queens, Lisa Slack, Patrick Stevens, Jacob Foucault, Paul, Brian Sanina, Blake Brinkley, and Zach Tobinoff. You are amazing. You are our Snow Queens. And if you are a Hello Deary, um, you... <laughs> oh my god, my, my stupid brain. What do the Hello Deary bonuses do? 
Oh, we do bonus, oh, yeah, bonus content. Bonus content. Which, which we're we need going to... an idea for our bonus content for the end of yeah. March. Uh, yes, so we if anybody, will be, yeah. Yes. If anyone has reaching any cool out to ideas. our patrons. Mm-hmm. Yes. If anyone has any cool ideas, um, and you can join us there for like the chaotic things of when I eventually sign on to Patreon and just get weird. Um, they're gonna they're gonna ask us to do charms. Just can tell. Let's just guys happen. listen. Listen, guys. <laughs> if anyone wants us to watch Charmed, just pick an episode once the se- series ends, one or once the once the once the season ends. If you want us to watch Charmed, we will watch one episode and explain what <laughs> think happened out of no context. <laughs> I refuse to do any research on the show. I will watch one single episode and I will tell you what I think happens or why it's happening or what's. Going I like on. that. I like that that's, idea. That's the that's the caveat I will make. So and that's that's the bargain, uh, and of course you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter at OYO Timing. I am personally at Beth Elderkin. I am at just underscore Abby. If you want awesome tweets about boats, <laughs> I mean everybody loves boats. I'm the mad the boat face. got free. Mad the boat's free. I like Aww. the boat. I am I'm emotionally connected to the boat. I'm one of those nerds that would like put it back, put it back. <laughs> You just got to bring Bodie McBoatface to, Bodie to get McBoatface. stuck next. <laughs> All right. And we will be back next week with season two, episode 17, The Miller's Daughter, guest starring Rose McGowan. Very excited for that. So thanks, everyone, for joining us. And Abby, we will see you next week. See you next week, Beth. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.